Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Amen. So um, let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this opportunity to share the word of God and pray that you grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Grant unto me your son and your servant, your slave, supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. Thank you, Father, for seizing my words with grace that I may speak a word to them that are weary. I thank you for your healing power. I, we claim the gifts of the spirit in this in the service that you will meet not only the spiritual needs, but the physical needs of your people. Father, I pray for understanding that the spirit of understanding will enter to the hearts of people, that they will walk away with a greater understanding of what Jesus has done for them. And we give your name, glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. Just lift up your hands and let's take a few moments to worship the Lord again. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We honor you this morning. We thank you. We thank you for our gathering. Lord, we're, we're so very grateful for all, all the things that you're doing here at KLM. And we praise you. We minister to you. We thank you. We declare you are God. You are awesome. You are mighty. You are healer. You are deliverer. You are rescuer. You are our salvation for the Lord is the light of our and, and our salvation. And Lord, I thank you. We praise you. We love you. We honor you. We minister to you. We bless your name. Let everything that is within us bless you. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Bless his holy name. And Father, we bless you. We give your name glory and honor. We praise you. We thank you. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you for the Holy Spirit. And thank you for the word. And thank you for the name. And thank you for heaven. Thank you for the angels. Thank you for the saints. Oh, thank you for the kingdom of God. Thank you for the church, the called out ones. Thank you, Father, for coming grace. Thank you for the gift of time and the gift of all memories. And uh, thank you, Father. Thank you for the things that you have blessed us with. Thank you for our arms and our land, the activity of our limbs, Father. We thank you, Father. There's some who didn't wake up this morning, Father. We thank you that you gave us another day. I gave us another day to give you glory and honor. Father, you gave us energy. You gave us a mind to serve you. There are many who are walking away from the faith, but you gave us a heart to serve the one and only true God. And, and we, we thank you and we praise you, Father. We give your name glory and honor. I thank you that today that the word of God will change us and, get, and renew our minds. Lord, we want to get rid of that stinking thinking and we want to get rid of traditional of the traditions of men. But Father, we embrace the, the word of God. Oh, Holy Ghost, renew our minds that we may understand things that has been given to us through, through Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So today we're going to talk about uh, redemption, um, redeemed from the curse of the law. Everybody say redeemed redeem. from the curse, from the curse. Of, the law. of the law. All right. All right. So Christ has done so much for us. It is up to us to study and to meditate the scripture to discover our inheritance in the saints or in Christ. I'm sorry. Our inheritance in Christ. It is up to us. Everybody say it's up to me, it's up to, me. To, discover to discover what Jesus has done for me. Okay, so you are responsible when you stand before the Lord, you, you are not going to be able to use any excuses why you can overcome in this life. He's going to say, I give it, I have given you my word. His word has been given to us to inform us of what belongs to us. Uh, let, let's go to a scripture real quick. Um, I think it's in first Timothy. I mean, excuse me, first Corinthians, first Corinthians. Glory to God. I want to thank you all for praying for Mr. Declan. Um, the enemy came for that boy on the other day. I think it was on Wednesday and, um, and, the, and he had a crazy allergic reaction and he, his face blew up. His ear was down to his chin. It was crazy. But thank God for a praying grandmother. 
and a grandmother who had enough sense to call 911. <laughs> Amen. So she spoke the word of God as the ambulance came and and, and um, thank God for the doctors and the nurses who ministered to him as well as the faith. And when they called me, I was here at the church. When they called me, I prayed just a little bit and I, and, and I just had peace that everything's going to be all right. So sometimes, you know, you, you don't have to always be freaking out. That, that shouldn't always that shouldn't be our response necessarily. Um, we, we respond to faith. And I knew that everything was going to be OK. And my wife called me on the way to my mom's while uh, waiting for the ambulance. And my wife, she was at peace as well. I, I felt peace as well. She, I felt peace on her. And um, just know that God is good to walk with God. He's a God of peace. Amen. And sometimes the devil wants to get, get us afraid, get us saying the wrong things over the situation. Oh, my baby's going to die. No, don't. That's the wrong time to say that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't speak those things that are contrary to the word of God. And so first Corinthians chapter two, I believe it says first Corinthians chapter two. Let's look at um, these, um, the scripture, I believe. Um, it's, okay, let's go ahead and, and look at verse nine. Second, first Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. It says this, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who loved him. How many know that God has some things prepared for us? Amen. Amen. Even 2018, even as we were speaking the word of God concerning our church, church declaration, I saw, I felt things changing and shifting because we have what we say. So we need to say those things. I want us to commit to that from, from this month, from this day on, um, every Sunday to speak concerning those things that is on that list. Verse 10 says this, and these things God has revealed to us through the spirit for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God for who knows a person thoughts, a self, the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have not received, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of of the spirit who is from God, that we may understand, what's the next part? The things, what? Freely given to us by God. Let me read that again. Now, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand the things. Everybody say the things. The things freely given us by God. There are some things that God has given us and we need to understand what he has given us. Okay, with that thought, go to second, go back to second Peter. Second Peter. That's not, this is not my text. My text is Galatians, but I want to lay the groundwork. Second Peter, second Peter chapter one, second Peter chapter one. Glory to God. Thank God for the word. How many, how y'all doing with the Bible reading this year? Ooh, all right. If you, there's no condemnation. If you have fallen behind, um, you can start tonight. Uh, get a head start. Just start from this week, this week, you know, start from this week and continue. There's no condemnation in Christ now. Now, don't let it be said next week. Oh, I forgot. Again. But just start this week. All right. Second Peter chapter one. Let's look at verses three and four. His divine power has granted to us all, everybody say things, things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great, everybody say promises, promises, promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine Nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. King James says because of lust. All right, let's take this out. Verse three says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. His divine power. Everybody say his divine power. Okay, his divine power has given it to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we have everything we need for life 
and godliness. Godliness is another way of saying holiness. We have everything that we need to live for God and everything that we need to make it in this life. I've heard people often talking about that we are survivors, but I want to tell you that is not the mentality of God. God is, God says we're more than a conqueror. We're more than just surviving. Amen. We have everything that we need to make it in this life in Christ. Amen. Everything we need. So stop looking for something outside of God. Amen. So it says through the knowledge of him. So we need to grow in our knowledge of God. As we grow in our knowledge of God, we will discover what belongs to us. Stop putting stop putting up with the devil. Stop allowing the curse of the law to be in your life today. Make a decision to start walking in what Jesus died to give us. Listen, we're not to walk. We're not walking in everything that God has given us. We're not walking in it. And I'm going to share some testimonies, some things that God did for me this week. And it's going to it's going to bless you. I'm, I'm almost I'm tempted to share it ahead of time. But I want to to encourage you that God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. I want you to say this with your mouth. God has given us. God has given given me me everything everything that pertains to life life and godliness godliness. through the knowledge of him. So we have everything we need to overcome in this life. Everything. So no matter what you're facing, right? The scripture says, and I believe in second Corinthians, it says that there's no temptation, no testing, no trial that we have, we have, or we're facing that he has not believed enough in us to overcome it for every trial, every temptation, he's made a way of escape. So we know that we can overcome because he's made a way of escape. And another way of saying this in John, Jesus says, in this world, you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer for I have overcome them. Right. I have overcome. And because he overcame, we overcome because Jesus overcame. We overcome. Glory to God. All right. So let's take a look at this. It says, so if we're not walking in everything that God has given us, whose fault is it? Ours. Right. We're the ones to blame for not walking in everything that God has given us. But notice the scripture says in verse four, it says, by which he has given granted to us his precious. I want you all to see that underline it, highlight it, his precious and very great promises so that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world. So these um, God has granted to us precious and great promises. How many know that the Bible is full of promises? Come on, come on, raise your hand if you know that there's some promises in the word of God, both in the Old and the New Testament. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in all of them. I, I claim all the promises of God. And the Bible says that all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And there's some promises that many believers are not walking in because they're not claiming it. They're not embracing it. Like we talked about last week, receiving Christ. They're not receiving that part of Christ. There are hundreds of promises in the Bible. The Bible isn't just for us to study the history of God and the history of God's people, but it's for us to learn about our salvation, to learn about our God and to learn about our inheritance. The Bible is a contract, is a covenant Uh, God has given us his covenant and these things are not just given for us to be a religion that we we study and we know and quote the scriptures, but we never see them in our lives. We need to have a working knowledge of the Bible, a working. We want to see these things alive and well. I don't know about you. I'm tired of not having my prayers answered. I'm tired of being broke, busted and disgusted. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of not having the devil come into my house and to threaten me. I'm tired of fear. Come on. I'm tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to walk in the fullness. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and life abundantly. God wants us to walk in abundance of life. 
He wants us to have more than enough. Amen. Amen. It's not enough to just barely get it by, but God wants us to have more than enough. He says he set before our enemies and before us a table. There's a table set before us. And on that table, there's joy, there's peace, there's protection, there's salvation, there's wisdom, there's understanding. At that table, you can partake of that, and it requires our faith. Amen. Amen. It says these promises are given to us. Why? Why are these promises given to us? So that we can be partakers of the divine nature, the divine nature. So let's think about this. Divine nature is who? God's nature. God wants us to partake of his nature. He wants us to live like he lives. Have you ever thought about that? God wants us to live like he lives. How does God live? He's, there's, ne there's never a lack in God. There's no, there's no lack in God. There's no lack of joy. There's no lack of peace. There's no la lack of resources. There's no lack of um, love. Everything we need is found in him. The scripture says that um, our joy in, the, in his presence is fullness of joy. So God wants us to partake of his divine nature, the nature of God. God wants us to become part of his divine nature. Are you walking in his divine nature? You are more than what you know and than what you've been taught. These promises have been given so that we can escape the corruption that is in the world. How many know there's a lot of corruption in the world? Um, you can have all the money in the world. You could be the richest person in the world. But if, if, you are, if you have sickness or disease working in you, all the money in the world cannot cure those diseases and those sicknesses. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, they, they, there's treatments and so forth and medicine, but I'm telling you that you're going to have to come to God somehow, some way to look for, because he is the great physician. Glory to God. And how many know that favor is greater than money? God can give you favor where, where there is, where there's a demand for money. God gives you favor and he's, which supersedes the money. Um, so these promises have been given to us so that we can escape the corruption that's in the world. How do we escape the corruption that's in the world? Through the promises of God. Let me say that again. I don't think y'all heard me. Um, how do we escape the corruption that's in the world? How, the world. Okay, what, what corruption? We got sickness, disease, poverty. We got famine. We got um, dysfunction. How do we escape all these things? Through the promises of God. That's how we escape the corruption that is there because of evil desires. We escape through the promises of God. So you need to take God's promises and make them part of your life. If you're experiencing corruption in your life, it isn't because of God. It is through the ignorance of what belongs to you. There's so much more below that belongs to you than you know. These promises are given once again so that we can be partakers of the divine nature. Jesus gave us something to live for and, and to overcome in this world. He gave us his word. He gave us his blood. He gave us his name. Let, let me say it again. He gave us his word. He gave us his blood. He gave us his name. I don't think, I don't think we're using his blood enough. I apply the blood of Jesus over my life. I plead it. I apply the when I leave here, um, locking the doors. I plead the blood of Jesus over the building, uh, over our, our spaces. I plead the blood of Jesus over the cars. Come on, I plead the blood of Jesus over my animals and over my kids. I, I apply the blood. I remember recently I had a horrible pain in my body, and I I, I said the blood of Jesus is against you. Well, what, what is that blood speaking about? It's, it's not just some magical um, a formula, but it is it's a reminder that that pain was defeated through Jesus' blood. Amen. His name, his word, and his blood. We don't have to be defeated anymore. Amen. Say, I don't have to. Come on. To be, to be defeated anymore. I have no excuse. I have his blood. I have his word. And I have his name. Okay, so use them. Use them. Use his blood. Use his word. And use his name. 
You'll be surprised. You'll come with testimonies. Do it this week. You'll have a testimony next week. Keep doing it for 2018. You'll have great testimonies. Let me tell you what the Lord did. Let me, you just begin to testify of his goodness. Amen. Uh, what, did the, what did this Jesus do for us that we're not walking in? It's more than the forgiveness of our sins. Did you hear me? Being a Christian is more than our forgiveness of sins. I'm, this is not to belittle the forgiveness of sins. It calls Jesus' life to forgive us of our sins. But guess what? In the Old Testament, they received forgiveness of sins. But that was under an old covenant. We're under a new covenant. Guess what? We're more than just forgiven sinners. Not only did he forgive us, he made us brand new creatures, creatures and adopted us in his family. So now we are sons and daughters of God. So we're not just forgiven. We're related to him. Children of Israel were his slaves or his servants, but we are his children. Glory to God. Glory to God. He adopted us. So we're more than just forgiven. We, and again, that's not to belittle our forgiveness of sin. He didn't just come to forgive us for our sins, but he came to give us life and life more abundantly. My desire as your pastor is to, is for you to walk in the fullness and the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Jesus died to give you freedom. I want to see victory in your life. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be defeated one moment, nor you or your children. Amen. 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 I know we're, we're walking beneath our privileges as believers, but it's time. 2018, everybody have these great resolutions. They're going to do this, going to do this. Right, let's walk in the fullness of God, what God has given us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter two. Hebrews chapter two. Hebrews chapter two. Let's look at verse three. Hebrews chapter two. It says this. How shall we escape talking about um, a, a judgment? How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Such a great salvation. It was declared at first by the Lord. It was attested to us by those who hear. And I just want to emphasize, let us not let us not neglect so great as salvation. We have a great salvation. Our salvation is great because our God is great. God would, um, God went through great strides to provide everything that we need for this life. It is not God's will for you to be broke. It is not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be unprovided for, um, not directed, not to have wisdom. It is not God's will for you to be ignorant. It's God's will for you to have an abundance, abundance of joy. You're not to be um, down and out. God, it's, God's not, it's not God's will for you to ever be down. Do you believe that today? Yes. God doesn't want you down. Even when you're facing challenges, situation, he wants his joy to be your strength. Glory to God. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about being redeemed from the curse of the law. Uh, we'll go in more details later on, but I, 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 I was praying along these lines. I'm actually preparing. I'll tell you the book that I'm preparing to preach through is First John. So if you want to get a head start, you can start studying First John. It's five chapters. Um, I, I'm going to hopefully start that next week. If not, um, we'll start it whenever we can. Uh, but that's a good uh, place to, to get it. We're going to go through that whole entire, entire book. But I, I want to encourage you that today I was prompted to talk about this redemption um, from the curse of the law, that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So with that in mind, go to Galatians chapter two. Let's I mean, Galatians chapter three, Galatians chapter three. You need to highlight this, underline it, memorize it. Galatians chapter three. As you can see in my Bible, I have it highlighted. Come on, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Highlight it. I, 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 that, that's a powerful scripture. That, the devil's afraid of that scripture. He's afraid of all of the word, but he's definitely afraid of that. Galatians chapter three, verses 13 and 14. 
I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we may receive the promised spirit through faith. Let me read that again. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we may receive the promised spirit through faith. I'm going to read that out of NASB. Um, glory to God. Galatians 3 verses 13 and 14. It says this out of the NASB, um, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is who hangs on a tree in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we will receive the promise of the spirit through faith. All right. And let's let's dive into this. OK. So if you ask most Christians, what have we been redeemed from? What, what, what answer do you think that they'll give you? Come on. Sin, Sin right? They'll say we've been redeemed from truth. And that's partly true. It's partly true. But it's not completely true. Our sins have been paid for. <laughs> um, our sins have been uh, eradicated. The debt that we once owed is no longer owed. Because of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus paid the debt for our sins, both past, well, well three tenses, past, present, and future. So he paid for that. But we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. What does that mean, right? Uh, you would not, most Christians don't really understand what that means. So in order to find out what we've been redeemed for, from, we've been redeemed, redeemed from the curse of of the law, we have to go back to the law. And the law is the five, the first five books of the Bible. The first five books of the Bible is considered the law. Um, and all, as well as if the law is mentioned, there's two different, um, the law of Moses, which is like the Ten Commandments, but there are no curses in the Ten Commandments. And then the other law is the, the first five books of the Bible. So there are three things, major things that Christ has redeemed us from. All right, let's look at this. What does the word redeem mean? All right, if you go back in the Greek, it simply means to redeem or to buy uh, by payment of a price to recover from the power of another, to ransom, to buy off. Uh, when we talk about redeeming something, we're, we're paying for it or we're, we, we are buying it off. We're, we're ransoming it, right? To redeem. Uh, it also means that uh, as a metaphor of Christ freeing the elect from the dominion of the Mosaic law at the price of his vicarious death. It's, it's Christ freeing the elect from the dominion of the Mosaic law at the price of his vicarious death. It also means to redeem means to, to buy up, to buy up for oneself, for one's use. Um, some other um, definitions in the Greek, it means to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for doing good so that zeal and well-doing are all, as it were, the purchase money by which we make the time our own. All right. I think I, the, the, the one that stands out is a payment to, of a price to recover from the power of another, to ransom, <clears throat> to buy off. So Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So the curse of the law is simply the, 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 the consequences of breaking God's law. And we see that from Genesis. In the book of Genesis, in the book of the beginning, the book of beginnings, it says that Adam and Eve uh, partook of the fruit when God forbid them to partake of. And what was the consequence of partaking of disobeying God? Come on. Out of, out of Eden, what else? Death, spiritual death. And so God says the moment you partake of it will be the moment that you die. So that's spiritual death. So one of the things that we've been redeemed from 
One of the curses of the law is spiritual death. Everybody say spiritual death. We've been redeemed from spiritual death. As you study the scriptures, you see that there's mainly two types of deaths in the Bible. There's physical death and then there's spiritual death. All right. Um, spiritual death is, is greater than physical death. Spiritual death simply means separation from God. So Christ redeemed us from spiritual death. We'll go into details later on. Um, not today, but later on. Um, Another element that we've been redeemed from is the curse of poverty. How many know that poverty is a curse? There's nothing glorious. There's nothing that God gets. God does not get glory out of poverty. All right. I'm giving you a, a natural example. The Bible says, if we who are evil know how to do good things for our children, how much more our heavenly father. Now, I don't I, I know many of parents who were who, who work all day, all night, sometimes two or three jobs to make sure that their children have it better off than they did, that they have a better education, that they have a better foundation. Come on. Come on, parents. You want to see your children succeed where you have failed or where you're lacking. You don't want them to lack anything. How much more our Heavenly Father? Our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to be in lack. Some people say, well, I think the lack Poverty causes us to, to get closer to God. It does not. Poverty does not make you closer to God. If, if there, there, there were uh, and are uh, religious groups who make vows of poverty, thinking that that is going to add to their piety, whatever that means, right? Uh, that by making a vow to be poor, that God is glorified. It doesn't. God has given us all things to enjoy. Come on. I mean, so so God doesn't God does not get glory out of us being poor. And actually, there's a scripture that says that Jesus it became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. And that wasn't just talking about spiritual richness. That's talking about financial. If you read the context of that scripture, it's talking about financial wealth. All right. So. And again, we're not going to talk about redeemed from poverty. We'll talk about that another day. Here, I want to focus on the other element is redeemed from the curse of the law. The last part I want to emphasize is um, redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. Say, I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed from, the curse from the curse of sickness and disease. Now, sickness and disease, there's nothing about God that produces sickness and disease in our bodies. God made us to walk in his health. So one of the curses of the law is sickness and disease. Christ has redeemed us from our sick, from sickness and disease. Let's go over here. Um, the curse of the law, again, is found in the scripture. And remember, the curse of the law is threefold. Spiritual death, poverty. And, and under poverty, you can put debt. So how many want to redeem, be redeemed from debt? Come on. Even the mistakes that we've made. Instead of taking the, uh, the scholarship, we went to the school that looks good or sounds good, right? <laughs> uh, and, 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 and we made some dumb decisions with our finances. And there is redemption for it. Amen? Amen. He's a God not of a second chance, but another chance and another chance and another chance. and another. Even your mistakes will work for you if you get in line with God. Amen. 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 Um, Christ has redeemed us from spiritual death, from poverty, which includes debt. And he's also redeemed us from sickness and disease, sickness and disease. I've been on uh, again. I always knew from a little boy that God Christ was a healer. But last two years, I have been on a journey of baptizing my mind in the reality that healing is part of the ministry of Jesus. That healing is part of our redemption. Um, everything about Jesus promotes healing. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. And then we'll go to, um, then we'll hit up Deuteronomy 28. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. And it's a curse to not have enough money. And there's, 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 there's many cycles of, of generations of people not having enough. Cycles of it. P 
poverty does not glorify. Satan is at the head of poverty. He, he, he gets glory. Satan gets glory out of poverty. Um, Satan gets glory out of spiritual death. He, he, he blinds people from seeing who Christ is. And he gets glory out of sicknesses and diseases. Um, Luke chapter 13. Let's look at verse 10. It says this. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for how long? How far? How long? 18 years. I mean, that's a long time. 18 years. Some of y'all are not even 18 yet, you know, or just turned 19 or 20. 18 years is a long time. So for 18 years, this woman had this spirit that had her bound for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your disability. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. And what happened? She glorified God. God gets glory out of healing. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. uh, Imagine that. He gets upset. He's not even glorifying God. He's upset that the fact that Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Religious. I'm telling people upset when you have healing, healing services. You have healing ministry. They get upset. I don't see that in the scripture. I remember being in seminary and they say, there's no such thing as healing. But as you see the ministry of Jesus, you see healing services all the time. Um, It says there are six days in which which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed (laughs) and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? Ought not this woman, listen to this, a daughter of who? Of Abraham, whom, whom, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loose from the, this bond on the Sabbath day. And as he said, said these things, all the, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. Okay, let's take a look at this. This woman was bound for 18 years. Jesus uh, said that this woman who is a daughter of Abraham ought to be free. So she's a daughter of covenant. She has a covenant with God. How many know as Christians, you have a covenant with God. You ought to be free from sickness and disease. You have a covenant with God. You are seed of Abraham. You are children of Abraham and you are you you ought to be free from any sickness and disease. And then number two, it says that Satan bound her for 18 years. Who bound her? I think today some people will say, well, the Lord was trying to teach us something for 18 years. The Lord wanted her to be bound up because he had a bigger purpose. No, that's not what Jesus said. Satan bound her for 18 years. So you got to see sickness and disease as a result of Satan. If you do not see sickness and disease as a result of Satan, then you'll never come boldly before God and receive healing in your physical bodies. You'll think that God is doing that to you. Are you thinking that that's a result of your sin or that's a result of your action? All right. Go go to one of my favorite scriptures. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Real quick. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we see how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. And what's the next part? Healing who? Healing who? All who were what? Oppressed by who? The devil. So you got to see sickness and disease, the result of Satan. Satan is the source of sickness and disease. As long as you don't see that, you're going to be, have a hard time receiving healing for your physical body because you think that you're coming against God when you pray. Lord, this is why it's incorrect and unbiblical to pray for someone who's sick. Lord, if it be your will. Do y'all see that? It is always God's will for people to be healed. Jesus proved that in his own ministry. 
And then even in the book of James, we studied the book of James in 2016, and we saw that, that James says, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. So if it was God's will for there to be sickness among us, then he would not have allowed James to say, is there sick any, any sick among you? God does not want us to have any sickness among us. Until you get that correct, you'll never pray with confidence as, a, as it relates to healing. All right, give you a, a testimony. You know that I've been dealing with over the past two years, asthma, sinus infection, and inflammation for two years. At one point, up to about a week ago, week and a half ago, I was taking two inhalers once in the morning and once at night, breathing treatments once in the morning and once at night. And what you all don't know, about a week and a half ago, I went to the ER because I could not breathe. My oxygen level was around 88. They won't even let you out the hospital until it was 94. I checked it this morning before I came here, and guess what? It's 96. It's the highest it's ever been within two years. And I'm telling you, what I did is, I, Brother Hagen, Kenneth e. Hagen has a healing CD. MP3 files, you know, for old, new school, new school, old school <laughs> CD. Um, healing scriptures. What well, he's reading these healing scriptures, and for the first four years of our marriage, my wife and I, marriage, we listened to those healing um, scriptures. But we always fell asleep. We never got to the end, so we never knew what he said. So it wasn't until about a week and a half ago that I actually heard the very end of that, and he gave some, gives specific instructions on how to receive your healing. And I'm like, dang, I could have been <laughs> walking into this. But I would always fall asleep by the time he read that. Um, and so what I began to do is declare that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of asthma. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of sinus infection. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of inflammation. I began to declare that every awakening hour for the past week and a half. And I'm telling you, it would take... My breath out, and he saw it um, when we moved the desk. If I will come up the stairs, I'll be out of breath. I've lost weight. I've lost 15 pounds. But, but even with that, I was, like, oh, I was about to die. Courtney's like, can you go upstairs? I'm like, oh, God. And I'm like struggling to breathe. But not once did she know that, unless she looked at me and looked at my eyes. You know. But I was like, oh, God, oh, God. And it would be painful for me to sleep at night. I'm like, God, I just, I don't even want to go to sleep because I'm going to wake up coughing. I'll be gagging. And, and so according to the advanced ENT, ear, nose, doc, throat doctor, um, said that the sinus infection was stirring up the asthma, which was stirring up inflammation. And I mean, they began to, they couldn't, I mean, I did, I did running tests. I did breathing tests. I mean, all kinds of stuff. They just could not figure it out. And I'm telling you, for the past week and a half, I've been declaring every awakening hour, that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of asthma. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of sinus infection. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of inflammation. According to Deuteronomy 2861, asthma is part of the curse. Inflammation is part of the curse. Sinus infection is part of the curse. And according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, which includes that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of asthma. And I will say that all the time. I wouldn't say it publicly in front of people to I mean, you would never, I, you know, I was declaring some things while um, when Alan was exhorting. And so, you know, you know I, I, I wasn't saying it in front of everybody. I was saying it to myself. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Christ has, and I'm telling you, for it's been a, a week and a half. I got an appointment in two months and I, I wanted them to document that the asthma is gone. But I'm telling you, I've, I've, I feel better than I've ever felt in a very long time. And I'm telling you, it's because of the word. It's because of the word. I got a hold of what belongs to me and I took my place and I says, this has to leave me. Amen. All right. So with that said, let's go to Deuteronomy 28. My time is getting away. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Let's go over there. to Let's see this curse of the law. Let's look at it. Amen. I'm telling you, you 
are redeemed from the curse of the law. You're redeemed from poverty. You're redeemed from spiritual death and you're redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm telling you that I, I begin to meditate and chew on the healing scriptures, making that part of my life. Part of me. Deuteronomy 28. It's a long chapter, but we'll look at a couple of verses. Um, okay, so let's start with verse one. It says, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord, your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I command you today, the Lord, your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. How many don't want to, how many of y'all want to be set high above the, all the nations of the earth? I um, mean, Malachi says that even the, the, um, the other nations will be afraid of you because of God. And all these and all, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. How many want some blessings to chase you down and overtake you? I make that your confession. I thank you, Lord, that the blessings of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow to it. And the blessings of the Lord chase me down and overtake me. One lady, she was confessing that, confessing that, confessing that. The blessings of the Lord chase me down and overtake me. And all of a sudden, this man says, hey, the stranger's like, hey, hey, lady, stop. And she started running. <laughs> She's running. He's like, hey, lady, hey, lady. He's chasing around. Hey, lady, hey, lady, the Lord told me. And, and he, she stopped. She said, the Lord told me to give you this. It was $100. How many know that the blessing of the Lord will chase you down and overtake you? She thought the man was after her. <laughs> but she was like, yo, I'm out of here. But she was, she had been confessing that the blessing of the Lord chased me down and overtake me. Amen. <laughs> Verse three says, blessed shall you be in the city. Glory to God. Blessed shall you be in the field. So whether you're in the city or in the country, you're blessed. And the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your um, cattle and the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall you shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. How many want to be blessed everywhere you go? Amen. Everywhere you go, you're blessed. You're blessed at your job. You're blessed at your home. You're blessed with your family. You're blessed with your friends. You're blessed when you're alone. Verse 7, and the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They should come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you and your barns and all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways and all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. I want that to be my testimony that all the people there say he is a man of God. He serves a God that is real and I'm afraid to mess with him. How many know that the, per the world should be afraid of us in the sense that our God is so big in our life. They says, wait a minute. They, when they say something, it happens. It comes to pass. They walk in the blessings. And it goes on. It says um, in verse 11, and the Lord will make you abound in what? Prosperity and prosperity. Glory to God. Claim that for yourself. Say I, the Lord makes me, the Lord makes me. abound in prosperity. Amen. Say, make that part of your daily confession. I'm abounding in prosperity. And it goes on and says, in the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your livestock, in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury in the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the works of your hand, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. How many of y'all tired of borrowing? Glory to God. How, what, what, what if <laughs> you decided to take hold of God's word and says, you know what? We're not going to borrow no more. Everything we pay for, we're going to pay cash for it. Mm -hmm. So your next house, you pay cash for. Your next car, you pay cash for. Your school tuition, you pay cash for. Come on, talk to me. That, that God wants us to that place that we're not borrowing anything, especially from the world. Because when you borrow, you're under contract with the world. The Bible says the borrower is a slave to the lender. I'm telling you, I don't want to be a slave to anyone but God. I don't want credit card company to call me up. Yo, Mr. Ray, you haven't paid your credit card this week or this month. I, no, I, I'm free. I want to be free from the world system. Amen. And here, so it says that we shall lend and not borrow. Imagine that the banks come to you to borrow from you and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. 
Say, I'm the head and not the tail. And you should only go up and not down. Come on. Look, this is scripture. Say, I'm going up and not down. Come on. I'm going up and not down. That's what the word of God says. And if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. If you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. But it goes on and says, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, and be careful to do all his commandments and the statutes that I command you to do, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Curse shall you be in the city. Curse shall you be in the field. Curse shall be your basket in your kneading bowl. Curse shall be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of the ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flocks. Curse shall you be when you come in and curse shall you go be when you go out. The Lord sent on, on you curses, confusion and frustrations and all that you undertake until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. Let's stop there. How many have seen people that everything they touch is curses? I mean, they just they just drama everywhere they go. Every relationship they go from one church to the next, the drama and confusion. They go from one job to the next, drama and confusion. I mean, just always in the negative, never in the positive. Always needing money, never been able to have more than enough. Just a cycle of it. They're under the curse of the law. The Lord will make the pestilence stick. To you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with fever, inflammation, fiery heat, and with drought, with the blight, um, and with the mildew. They will pursue you until you perish. The heavens over you shall over your head shall be bronze and the earth under you shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder from heaven. Dust shall come down on you until you're destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. You shall be a horror, horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dead bodies shall be food for all birds of the air and for the beasts of the earth. And there shall be no one to frighten them away. And the Lord will strike you with the boars of Egypt. And when tumors and scabs and itch of which you cannot be healed, the Lord will strike you with what madness and blindness and confusion of mind. You shall grope at noonday. And as the blind grope in darkness, you, sh you, you shall be oppressed and robbed continually. And there shall be no one to help you. You shall be betrothed to a wife, but another man shall ravish her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in you shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but you shall not be, shall not be rested, restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. While your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all the day long, but you shall be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and all your labors. And you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually so that you are driven mad by the sights that your eyes see. The Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with grievous boys, which you cannot be healed. From the sole of your foot to the crown of your head, the Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there shall you and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone and you shall become a horror, a proverb, a byword among all the peoples where the Lord will lead you away. You shall carry much seed into the field and shall gather in little for the locusts shall consume it. How I many know oh, that's a that's a curse? I'm not going to read all of this. Let's look at verse um, 16 and 61. And he will bring. Let's look at. Um, let's do 40, 58. If you're not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord, your God, that the Lord will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting and sickness grievous and lasting. 
He will bring upon you again all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they shall cling to you. Every sickness also and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of the law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. So this covers Deuteronomy 28, 61 covers not only the things that he listed, but also things that are not recorded in the book. Like asthma is not necessarily listed here, but because of Deuteronomy 28, 61, I can, I can classify that under the curse of the law. Do y'all see that? Yeah. Any, any disease that is not listed will also overtain you. Now, when it says the Lord causes that, it's actually not um, the right translation. It shouldn't be in the causative sense. It should be in the permissive sense that the Lord allows not that the Lord is causing those things. Are y'all understand yeah. that, that that's not the Lord causing those sickness and disease to come upon you. It's actually he's allowing it. He's 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 not behind it. We see that in the fullness of the Bible's progressive revelation. So we see that in the fullness of the ministry of Jesus, that Jesus actually revealed who the father is. So there is no darkness in God. There is no evil in God. There's no sickness in God. Are you with me? And so Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. So whatever sickness and disease that you may be facing today, you need to say it with your mouth that Christ redeemed you from that sickness and disease. I say Christ is redeeming from the curse of asthma. Christ is redeeming from the curse of inflammation. Christ is redeeming from the curse of sinus infection. If you got a tooth infection, um, you can say Christ has redeemed me from tooth infections. Are you with me? Christ has redeemed me from heart disease. Christ has redeemed me from diabetes. Christ has redeemed me from morning sicknesses. Christ has redeemed me from pain. I, I mean, you, know, you begin to declare that. Let me give you the application before I let you go. Here the application. You got to understand that sickness is from Satan. Don't confuse it coming from God. Jesus died for our sins and suffer for our sickness. The Bible says that he bore our sicknesses and carried our pain. You have a right to a pain-free body. Amen. Let me say that again. You have a right to a pain-free body, a sickness-free body, a disease-free body. Amen. Disease, sickness, and pain do not have a right to be in your body. It's illegal according to the word of God. Christ became a curse for us. He took, he himself, Matthew 8, 17, he himself took upon our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Isaiah 53, verse 3 and 4. Jesus himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pain. If he bore them, why should we? If he took, paid the price for it, why should we? And Isaiah, I mean, 1 Peter 2.24 says, um, the latter part says, by whose stripes you were healed. It's by his stripes we are healed. Healing can be received just like salvation can be received. It should not take us long. I'm going to tell you what takes us a longer time is because of doubt and unbelief in our mind. We still struggle whether or not it's God's will for us to be sick or not. Or we struggle with maybe I did something and I don't deserve his healing. Well, you don't deserve his forgiveness either. All right. But he's made you worthy through the blood of Jesus to receive his forgiveness. He's made you worthy to receive his healing. Glory to God. A week and a half ago, I cannot have gone up. I've been up and down the stairs um, dozens of times since that time. And I, I'm telling you, I can breathe. I'm not wheezing. I'm telling you, my, my, my lungs, the airways in my lungs were closed up so much that if you were across the room at certain times, you could hear them rattling. The doctors listen and says, wow, it sounds like a, a, a washing machine or something. I mean, it was just so, I mean, it's just uh, like I couldn't breathe. Them jokers were closing up. And I'm telling you that the Lord God has healed my body. I release my faith 
And I kept saying, I kept saying, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of asthma. According to Deuteronomy 28, 61, asthma is part of the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13 says, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. By being a curse for me, as it is written, everyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus hung on a tree, therefore he became a curse for me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of asthma. Asthma, I'm no longer, you're no longer part of my life. I'm free from you. Inflammation. Inflammation causes the asthma to stir up. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of inflammation. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of sinus infection. And they told me I had a sinus disease. I was supposed to have surgery because they like your, your sinus is all piled up. So I began to say, Christ has redeemed me from sinus disease. Christ has redeemed me from, are you, are you getting, are you with me? Yes. All right. And so the applications is feed your faith on Christ the healer. Feed your faith on Christ the healer. Number two, confess the word constantly. This is where most people miss it. They wonder why they, they're not healed. Because they don't take enough time to say it. They, they'll rather be watching television. Faith, this is us. I'm not against this. Is us. I really enjoy that show. They, they sit back and they enjoy. And they feed on that. What I'm saying to you, make it a priority. And when I heard the man of God say, Say it every awakening hour. Say it all the time. I was like, wait a minute. That's why I've been missing it. And I began to get, declare that every day. So you got to confess the word of God constantly. Then also you got to speak to the sickness and command it to go. You got to speak to the sickness and command it to go. I'm going to tell you what happened last night in a few seconds. And then last, you got to stand your ground and don't give up. You got to stand your ground and don't give up. So when you're facing pain, and you're still saying, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of asthma. Christ has redeemed me from... You're going to want to give up because of the pain, perhaps. Last night or yesterday, um, um, Destin and I came to the church. I think we came at like 1 o'clock and we stayed to about 10 o'clock. So we're here about nine hours. So we did some stuff around the church. And then I was working on the sermon and, and praying. And um, all of a sudden, I had... I had, up to this point, I hadn't had any problems with the tooth that my dentist said that had an infection. I've been oil pulling, and uh, they say oil pulling actually helps remove the infection from the tooth. And I, I, I didn't really confess about it. I just started oil pulling, and it kind of resolved the pain. And I stopped for like two weeks oil pulling. And if you don't know what oil pulling is, you take like, like coconut oil, you put it in your mouth, you swash it like 20, 20 minutes a day. Um, well, I do it twice a day, 20 minutes a day. And what it does, it it pulls out the infection. People have saved their root, um, saved themselves from a root canal because of my wife is an example. She was supposed to have a root canal many years ago. She started oil pulling for about a month, a month and a half. And she didn't have to have it after oil pulling. The infection is totally gone. And so what it does, it pulls out. You can't swallow the oil, but it pulls out the infection and you got to spit it out in the trash, not in the sink because they're clogging up. Um, and then you got to make sure you rinse it out real good. So I stopped for like two weeks, two weeks ago. I had no problem with the tooth. I was I'm expecting to go back to the dentist to have another x-ray. I told her, I said, listen, I, I'm going to go get an x-ray. And, you know, I'm going to show you that my crisis, the healer. But I hadn't really been believing God for it. I just been relying on the natural aspect. So as I went to go prepare this word from yesterday at the desk, all of a sudden I got a crazy pain, like from here to here. I was like, okay. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's just a sinus or something, uh, like maybe a cold. I'm like, okay. And to the point where it hit me, I, I had to get on my knees. Tears was coming down. I said, okay, God, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> I mean, that pain was thriving, like boom, 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 boom. And it was like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I just got rid of the asthma. I, got, I just got rid of the sinus infection. I just got rid of the inflammation. Are you serious? Like, now my tooth is going to act up? <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. And I'm telling you, that pain was so crazy. I live an hour away. So I'm like, okay, I got this boy. I said, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it home. It's, it's like, it's a lot of pain. So I began to declare. I said, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of tooth infection. I said, maybe that's too general. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of infection in my mouth. I was like, I'm going to cover all bases. I began to declare that. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of infection in my mouth. 
According to Deuteronomy 28, 61, infection is part of the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ is redeeming from the curse of infection. It was still going on. About to cry. I didn't cry, but I was about to. Uh, I said the blood of Jesus is against you pain. Applying the blood. The blood of Jesus, and it, it lifted a little bit. I said, the blood of Jesus is against you, against you. By Jesus Christ. So I got in the car, got him in the car, Destin, drove all the way home. I'm speaking the word. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the infection. Christ is, and I begin to declare and declare, and it's thriving. And it's like, oh, I was like, oh God, I'm about to pull over. I'm going like 60 miles per hour. And I'm sweet waiting. I was like, I don't need a ticket. Lord, you got to help me get home. I get home, I all pull. You know, it lifted up a little bit. As so I'm getting in bed, got in bed. All of a sudden, I was knocked out, and all that pain came back. I said, oh, God. So I took the, the antibiotics. I took that. I was like, okay, how long does this work? They said, oh, about four days. I was like, no, I need it to work now. <laughs> so I'm looking up on Google, and the Holy Ghost reminded me something that my uncle told me. He says, if you ever have, like, a tooth that is infected, while you're waiting to see the dentist or so forth, use peroxide. And he said, peroxides will give you that relief for two hours. I, so I forgot about that. So I got some peroxide, did it, and I went back and like, brushed my teeth, make sure it didn't. And all of a sudden, I got in bed. Here it goes again. I was like, I thought the peroxide was supposed to work. <laughs> I said, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of infection. I said, oh, let me do it one more time. I did. I put a little bit more in there. <laughs> and it helped. But I'm telling you, I, I began to speak the word of God. I was able to sleep. No pain. I woke up with a little pain. I took the antibiotics again, but I can't continue to build my faith and begin to release my faith. I'm telling you, there are times when you're facing with pain and you have to be compassionate people with pain, sickness. At times, it's easier to say, just believe God. But when they're in it, they're dealing with that pain every day. So be compassionate. If you're ever facing a situation, hang in there. Take the medicine why you believe in God for the manifestation. Amen. Don't neglect the medicine. I'm just going to believe God. You can do that if you're strong. Most of us are not that strong, okay? <laughs> Give me the medicine. I'll take the medicine while I'm still confessing and feed your faith. So with that in mind, I have something I want to pass out to you. Go ahead, Mr. Alfred, pass this out. It's God's will to heal. It's 101 things God said concerning healing. I, so you don't have to worry about there's other people who did the homework for you. <laughs> Glory to God. So there's 101 scriptures dealing with healing that you can meditate and feed your faith on. Amen. Father, we do thank you and we praise your name for this word. May this word change our lives forevermore in Jesus. name. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.